The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. friends and welcome to the happy hour jamie ivy happy half hour uh because it's a happy half hour it's friday every wednesday i release a regular show with a new guest every week but on friday i bring back a guest that's already been here and today my friend deborah parker is here hi deborah hey so glad to be back I'm glad you're back, too, because you were on episode number 10 a long yes, time ago. like forever ago. Forever ago, you were on my very first guest. It's when I basically was just, like, begging, like, friends <laughs> in real life, please come talk to me for an hour. And, Deborah, I cracked up because I look back at what we talked about, and we talked about the favorite celebrities that we follow on Instagram. Oh, yes, that was so embarrassing. That's <laughs> hilarious and embarrassing and just hilarious. Uh, but we also talked about big things. We talked about sex trafficking. Yeah. Um, you told the yeah. story about your son, Ronnell coming home. And so yes. I remember crying through that. Uh, so it's fun. It's fun to have you so, back. Crazy thing. I've never listened to it. Is that weird? It's not weird because, um, no, I don't think it's weird. But after I record a show, I never listen to it again either. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that very much. I do it some. Now I'm recording podcast so i do some to edit a little mm -hmm, bit but mm -hmm. other than that not really i know it's it's a, a few things for me number one i don't have the time and number two i just don't want to listen to myself again yeah. <laughs> i already lived it <laughs> i loved it and lived it um okay well before we jump in to a couple of things i want to hear what's new in your life because you have a lot of new things and we'll get jump into our questions i first want to thank noonday collection for partnering with us to make these shows happen this show particularly. And so Noonday Collection, if you listen to the show long enough, if you've ever been around me, if you follow me on Instagram, whatever, you know that I'm a fan of Noonday Collection. Uh, the thing that's awesome about Noonday is it's a socially responsible business that uses fashion to create meaningful opportunities around the world. Deborah, are you familiar with Noonday? I am. I am. My favorite piece are the feather earrings, the blue yes. with the gold. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love those. I think those earrings are called the Annie. Okay. Um, and the only Perfect. reason I know that, because that seems odd that I would know what a pair of earrings are called when I don't even work for this company, but it's because <laughs> if it's the ones I'm thinking of, uh, my friend Jana designed them and then they named them after her daughter that she brought home through the foster system and adopted. So fun story. Oh, I love that. I love I know. knowing that. I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, Noonday right now, they have this month of February 16th, their spring collection launches and New collection launching is fun because that means new jewelry. And I've seen a couple of pieces and they're amazing. Amazing. If you ever see me at a necklace, I guarantee it's from Noonday because I love them. So and cool. That's what I love. Uh, <laughs> but right now, one of the things that I want to talk to you guys about is hosting a trunk show. Have you ever hosted a show, Deborah? I have not. Okay. It's super fun and easy. I've done it a handful of times with my Noonday ambassador, Krista. But it's super easy. Literally, you can go to the webpage, noondaycollection.com, and then there's a tab at the top that says host, and it tells you how to do it. 
They have some awesome rewards right now for um, hosting a show. You can get a print from Lindsay Letters, which we all love her stuff. Mm-hmm. You can get a of jewelry course. tray. Uh, and you can also possibly win a trip for two to Austin. Whoa. I know. It's my favorite city in the, in the whole country. <laughs> <laughs> it's where I live. But it's super easy to host a show. And when you host a show, you create a marketplace for artisans living in vulnerable communities around the world. So when you host a show, you're not only getting free jewelry and free stuff, but you're introducing all your friends to people around the world that are making their family get food on the table by making jewelry. So it's super cool. I love Noonday. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Noonday, for helping with this show. Okay, thank Deborah. Noonday. Yes. You were number 10 on the happy hour. Number 10. Mm-hmm. We talked about Instagram, <laughs> sex trafficking, adoption, all those things. Uh, but that was a while ago. What's happened yes. in your world since then? Okay. So I think we talked about um, For Her, which was like a prayer yes. initiative that I started, right, yep. for sex trafficking. So we prayed for girls in the city um, of Houston and beyond, really, who were just vulnerable, who were working in the sex trade. And we had a kind of an underground way of researching that and finding out names. And so we we literally passed out names to women and asked them to pray for these girls like they were their own sister, daughter, um, friend, you know, and it was great. And it, we probably had, I don't know, like we probably have passed out like 4,000 cards just, a, just mm-hmm. around, you know, like our city and at events and probably a lot more than that, but that's just the number that came off the top of my head. But um, so it just came to be that our city is very known for sex trafficking and there are a lot of people and a lot of organizations doing the work here. Mm-hmm. And so our main work was research. And then we found a computer system that did the research for us. And so I was just really like, Lord, what do you want us to do? Because I feel like we can pray that that's easy to tell people to pray. What, what do you want us to do with this? Um, around the same time, Last year, I had my oldest child and my only girl was graduating from high school. And I did this little hashtag called Operation Fly Baby Fly for mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like it really resonated with a lot of people. I got a lot of um, emails about it and just like, how are you releasing her? Um, she is in the world race right now. So she's currently in Africa and she's serving nine months on a mission trip, basically um, for a gap year. And people were just like, how, how are you letting her do this? How Mm -hmm. are you, you know, letting her go off and you're not going to have much communication with her and kind of the work of for her and the work of releasing Carly, um, merged together. And I felt like the Lord was just saying, Deborah, there's a lot of girls who need to be released into freedom. Mm. Um, not just the girls that are physically trapped in slavery, but there are girls who like you, like me, um, I'm, I meant like me growing up, like in mm-hmm. a Christian home and thinking that I knew all the right things, but yet feeling a lot of, Oh, what would the word be? I guess, um, shame. I didn't feel freedom you know, as a follower of Jesus. Mm. And so it just like a lot of things started resonating. It was like a whole, um, lot of things were flying around and then it all landed. And we started a nonprofit called wildfire collective after talking with one of my girlfriends who is happened to be a senior in high school. I was telling her all of these things, just all of these things that were in my head. We were riding in a car and she said, you know, Deborah, you're right. People like you, teachers, moms, you know, preachers, if you will, Mm -hmm. you tell us all the time, a generation that we can totally change the world. You Mm -hmm. say that all the time. 
that we don't have to wait till we're grown, that we don't have to um, wait to do the work of ministry. Like we can do it right where we are, exactly who we are. She said, but you never give us an avenue for that. There's nowhere, there's nowhere for our stories to be heard. There's mm. nowhere to say what we understand about the gospel. There's nowhere for us to encourage one another. And it really got me thinking. And so with, you know, all of the things that I said were kind of were flying around, it all landed. Wildfire Collective was born and it's a nonprofit that basically together a generation, I'm just saying, Hey, I need all of us that will be included that want to be included, um, to lead a generation in freedom to the wild pursuit of following Jesus. So that's, that's amazing. What we do. Yeah. So we're doing that through, um, podcasts. Uh-huh. So we started a podcast so that the girls would have an avenue to tell their stories. So basically the idea behind the podcast is that, Hey, if you feel like the Lord gave you courage in something and you want to share it, then jump on. That's Tell amazing. Us story. Yeah. So it may be as simple as someone like a senior in high school saying, hey, I really felt like the Lord impressed upon me to go sit with someone at lunch today, someone mm-hmm. different. And when I went and did that, that girl was like, oh, I was praying that someone would notice me today, right. you know, or something. Uh-huh. And so whenever you hear that story, when someone else hears that story and they're like, oh, oh, I could do that. Right. You know, I, I could make a difference that way or, you know, whatever. Like we've had people on who these girls are blowing my mind. Honestly, we've That's only amazing. had 10, we've only had 10 episodes released like a magic number of 10 right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's been wild just to hear their stories and they're not like well-known people. They're, you know, college girls and seniors in high school and their stories are drop dead amazing. That's amazing. I'm so proud of you for doing that. I really am. Um, what else do you have going on with the Wildflower Collective? Because I know you have more than the podcast. Yeah, so the it's a collective of three things right now. So we're doing the podcast, which is kind of the social media aspect and with the Instagram. And then we're doing what we're calling happenings. Um, some may call it a conference. Some may uh-huh. would call it a conference. But we, because we're talking about being wild and free, we don't want to call it a conference. Yes. <laughs> we want to call it a happening because we we are having one on April 7th and 8th in Houston, Texas, and tickets are on sale right now. And we're basically going to talk about how to be wild and free in Jesus, how all of those things that That's I awesome. kind of talked about earlier. Um, but we're also going to do kind of organic happenings where on social media, we might say on the Wildfire Collective Instagram, Hey, this weekend on Saturday night at seven o'clock, be at whatever address we are going to have a happening. And so we changed the term from conference to happening so that we could just kind of be wild and free with it. That's awesome. Um, so that's real fun. That's so really cool. That. Um, and then we have still for her, the prayer initiative is part of the wildfire collective. So when girls come and they experience freedom, we really believe that they want to set other people free. That's what Mm, we do. Yeah. Free people set people free. And so we're going to pray for girls trapped in slavery and sex slavery in Houston and beyond. And we're going to figure out ways that we can help. Maybe 
at one happening, we're bringing socks for all the girls mm-hmm. at organization in town, or maybe we're collecting money for you to take to the prisons that you go to or mm-hmm. buy something for them. I don't know how that yeah. works. Yeah. Something to that effect. So that's what the wildfire collective is. So it I is love a, it. It's happenings and it is justice. That's and amazing. You can check out more about it at wildfirecollective.tv. That's our website. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to put all the links up and I'll put links up for tickets as well, because um, I know I have a lot of um, young listeners, but I also have a lot of listeners that have um, young daughters. And so I think that's going to be very important for them to hear about. And it's in Houston, right? Where you live, which when you were talking about sex trafficking earlier, I wanted to let everyone know you lived in Houston. That's the city you were speaking about. Um, Okay, Deborah, I'm super proud of you and all you're doing. Thanks. I love it. And I love how God used um, you sending off Carly. Uh, to create this um, overflowing of doing the same for other girls. So yeah, it's our turn. It's our turn as a generation. It's our turn to set the next generation free. I love it so much. We're going to do. Okay. So let's get to our questions. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. What is something that you've read or watched lately that you cannot stop recommending to people? Okay. This is kind of funny, but um, this is us. Yes. Oh, yes. I I have literally made like five people watch the pilot in my living room. That's hilarious. A lot of people, you're probably the third person that's told me that on the show. Really? Yes. It is. It is so, I don't know. I, I love shows that make you feel your own soul, which mm. might be a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah. Some people like things that don't make you feel anything, right? But I like it to like bring out all the feelings I have. And hello, this is us brings out like every feeling. Every feeling, every- yes. Yes. And we're super far behind in it because Aaron and I want to, this is a show that we're watching together, but we just don't watch a lot of TV these days in our life. And when we're together, I don't know, it's just whatever. So we're behind, but I love it so much. How do you feel? And this, I'm going to ask you, I don't usually ask follow-up questions to these questions, but I have to ask you this. How do you feel as a a mom um, to a black son? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's given me a lot of things to think about. Sometimes um, as a mom of a black son, I, I forget that he's black. That mm-hmm. may sound really weird. And I forget that there's dynamics that he deals with that, mm-hmm. that I don't see. Yep. And so it's just helped me remember to be very mindful of that and, and que- like, you know, talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess not question him, but, you know, just talk to him about yeah. it. Like, did you watch the one with the tally marks? No. Oh, you, you are behind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're so far behind. I'm telling you, I think we've seen four. So we're okay, so far well, behind. I'm not going to tell you. Don't tell me about it. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But when you watch it, you're going to know, and then you're going to text me. Okay, because. I will for sure. And I, speaking on that as a, a white mom parenting a black child, another thing it goes on to what you just said is I've noticed that in the shows that we've watched, um, he doesn't seem like he's he, it, he. There are some hard things in his childhood and they and they show those to us, but nothing's drastic. And what it shows me is like, um, even though it doesn't look drastic, it is still hard to be a black boy raised by white parents. Yes. Yes. Even without like trauma involved. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that comes out in his older life. And it it reminds me the same as you just said, is that we have to keep talking about these things with our kids. Yeah. Um, Okay. I love that. Anything you're reading that you're loving? 
Um, well, I'm currently reading Half the Church. I am loving it. It's it's like setting my brain on fire. I'm reading it with Jess Connolly. Mm-hmm. Like we have decided to read it and discuss. So oh, I love it's her. It's gonna be great. Yeah. I'm yeah, so glad y'all are friends. Awesome. Um, okay, Deborah, how do you recharge? Okay, I recharge by cooking. I love to cook. Um, and then I, I love when you show too. your cooking, by the way. <laughs> I love to cook when it's free. And I love um, walking around my place, like in quotes. I have this park that I go to because okay. I live in Houston. There's uh-huh. not many woods or yeah nature around. But there is this one park that kind of has a little creek <laughs> that flows through it. And I love to go to that place. And I have a certain rock that I sit on. And I just go and sit on this rock in the middle of the creek. Um, and that's where I recharge. Like if wow. I can go there all messed up all kinds of messed up and just sit there and rest, I guess. And Mm -hmm. I just walk away better. That's amazing. It's like your little meeting place with God. It is definitely. I love that. I um, don't go to a park, but when I walk around my neighborhood, because we do kind of live in the woods, kind of, I mean, we do. When I walk around, I feel that kind of same thing that you just described. Yeah. Okay. So you like to cook. And I love seeing your cooking on Instagram because I always notice that you start cooking at like 4.30. Okay. Yes. Because I do not like cooking. Like I said, the word free meant like if it's good, you know, if every, if all the stars align because I get really hangry. Oh yeah. (laughs) Really hangry. Mm -hmm. And so do my boys. And so everybody wants to eat like at 5.30 or 5.40. Okay. So you're starting early. So I start early. Also, because I do not like the hours, like 3.30 to 4.30 is like my worst hour of the day. Okay. So I can cook in that time, then I don't know. It just helps me. Okay. Well, maybe I I don't do a lot of cooking as people know. My husband does a lot of cooking, but like he's out of town right now. And so I've been having to cook every day and maybe I need to take on your tactic because I don't start cooking until like six and then it's crazy because people are hungry and, and then people want to help me in the kitchen. And I don't like that because I don't like to cook. And so why would I want like an 11 year old or a nine year old with me? It just, it throws me a loop. So maybe I should start what you do. Maybe so. I'm maybe telling so. you, if I waited till six, nobody would eat. Cause I would mm. be like, forget it. That's I mean, hilarious. We'll cereal. Because That's I'm hilarious. <laughs> okay. Deborah, if you could go back from and tell your 20 year old self something, what would you tell her? Oh gosh. So this is, this might sound silly, but this was the first thing that came to my mind. So don't put off getting braces. When I was 20, uh-huh. like in, my, in my middle 20s, I, I didn't have, I guess my parents didn't have dental insurance or something. Right. Uh-huh. So when I got my own insurance and I got dental insurance, I went and like was like, oh, I'm going to get braces now. My teeth are finally going to be so great. And I went and had wisdom teeth surgery because I didn't, they hadn't come in yet. So like they surgically removed my wisdom teeth. I went through all this trouble and then I just was like, oh, well, maybe I'll wait a while before I actually get the braces. And yeah, I'm still, still haven't gotten them. <laughs> I still haven't done it. So when I, when I thought about this question, I literally thought, mm, don't put off getting the braces. Get the I don't braces. Know if that will help anybody out there, but that's just what I That thought. is hilarious. I see more and more adults getting braces. And I think it's because what you just said, um, our parents didn't have the means or the insurance to get us our braces. So yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Deborah, what do you hope your legacy to be when you're gone? Okay. So I hope people would say one of two things about me. 
that girl really believed or that girl was brave with her love. Mm. I think they kind of go hand in hand. But yeah. so that's what I would want people to say about me, I, my legacy to be. Mm. I think you're I'm on the really right track. Cool. Yeah. I think you're on the right track. Um, in all of the things that you do, mothering, um, marriage, work, ministry, everything that is kind of under the Deborah Parker um, things that you do throughout your day, what equals success to you? Okay, this was a hard question. Seriously, I thought about it probably mm-hmm. for way too long. Um, but I think when at the end of the day, I have put other people's needs and wants and desires before my own, I think that's success. Mm. I think when I live in the day for my own self and my own desires, at the end of the day, I'm spent in a different way. Mm. And so, and I think if I got to the end of my life and I live and I put somebody else before myself, I think it would equal the kind of life that I had wanted to live. Mm. That's hard as a mom. I'm just thinking that like I went oh, to my day yesterday. It's so hard. And it's I did so not hard. put everyone's needs above my own. <laughs> no, and I it didn't... happened. <laughs> and when I was cooking dinner is when nobody's needs were met <laughs> except for mine. I did not say I do this all the time. But that is success. I, that's what I would think of as success. Mm, I love that. Me. And I love how everyone has a different definition and that's okay. Yeah. And our definition can change throughout our life. Let's not get too caught up on okay. that as well. So if you ask me tomorrow, it might be It might be changed. Hey, what's a pet peeve that you have? Okay, so I don't know. I don't you don't know? know? No, I, I have tried. I don't, I don't you know, know how you will know what your pet peeve is. You need to text Ernest and say, Hey, what is my pet peeve? And he'll <laughs> come up with 10. I promise. <laughs> Cause our significant others can do so, that for us. Probably so. That's yes. so true. Okay. So I, no pet peeve. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. That makes, that's really, that's great. I bet you do. And so you text me later after you text Ernest and he'll tell okay. you. I'll find out. Um, Deborah, if you could live anywhere for the next year, where would it be and why? Okay. I, I so wanted to say New York city. Because oh. it's my very favorite place uh-huh. in the planet. It's where I feel most like myself. And you took your whole family there like a year ago. I did. Well, like a few years ago. Okay, but, but yeah. how old was your youngest? Like two. Okay, that's crazy. And y'all drove. And we drove. We are so <laughs> crazy. Y'all are wild and free. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we're, <laughs> that was real wild and free. Uh-huh, driving. Um, yes, we went to New York City, but I love it so much. I feel like I could just live there, but... I couldn't answer it that I answered Houston. And I just think that something really great is happening here. Um, I, you know, we're starting a whole business, a whole nonprofit. So that Mm -hmm. would be crazy to leave it right now. But I also think that community is coming around like I've never felt it before. Mm. So I would just not want to leave that. So I would say Houston. You're very happy where you are. I'm very happy. Um, okay. Last question. What is a goal that you have for yourself for this next year? Okay. So I have a word. My word. Oh, is you do free. words. I love it. What is it? Free. Free. My word is free. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause I think, um, in the last four months or so I have been learning, relearning to live very open-handed. Mm. Um, like, Hey, here's all the stuff in my life. Lord, come and take what you will and, and leave what you will you know, or give what you will. And it's been really hard. Um, but with being free, like, I think that that also equates to, I have to trust God more mm-hmm. because to be free means I'm not like trying to control everything or yeah. make things happen, but I'm just going with God, mm-hmm. you know, 
in that freedom. And so that is my goal for 2017. I love that. And I can see in your life in the past how it's kind of led you to that, even with like launching Carly to go off for nine months and starting a whole new business. And, you know, you've got kids in high school and kids in, how old is Jude? Is he in elementary school? He is. He's seven. He's, gonna Aww, be, he's in first boy. grade. Sweet mm-hmm. boy. Um, so I can even see how God has been preparing you for that as well. And so love all that you are doing. Thank you so much, Deborah, for joining us today. Yeah, it was fun. Um, okay, so thank you for being here, Deborah. I am so happy for all you're doing. You can check out, I'll put links to everything that you've got going on in your world okay. over in my show notes, jamieivy.com. Um, and I highly encourage you all to go back and listen to uh, the first interview that Deborah and I did, episode number 10. Um, and bring some Kleenexes because I remember when you told the story about Ronnell coming home, I was in tears. Well, uh, and you lived it with us too. And I lived it too. So it's, yeah. I hope, I, I think it would bring others to tears. Maybe it's just me, like PTSD, having like feeling those, all those emotions over again um, as you were telling it. Um, which, just real quick, I want everyone to go listen, but I also need everyone to know that when you brought your son Ronnell home from Haiti, he was how old? Nine. Nine. And how many weeks earlier had you had a baby? Um, I think five. You so, had a month old baby. Yes. And my husband had been in Haiti for two of those weeks. Two basically. of the five weeks of your baby. Yeah. Like it 10 was crazy. Or you days. have everyone has to go listen to it because it, I just got chills remembering, you know, seven years ago yes. um, what that was like. And so crazy, crazy. So and I love you put on Instagram the other day that you feel like your two boys are kind of twins. Like they both yes. kind of joined your family at the same time. Yes, they did. There are twins. God is crazy and God is so good. Um, Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to the happy hour. I hope you enjoyed our show today and I will see you next Wednesday for the regular happy hour. Bye, guys. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota. So little time.